it's time to hit the trail. Lock in those hubs and throw it into low range because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. John, we have finally moved into the 80s. Yes, good music is about to befall us. I'm excited. The times of hair metal. Oh, geez, hair metal, yeah. <laughs> well, you wouldn't know anything about that, I'm sorry. Finally, episode 80. Uh, yeah, no hair for me, for sure. Uh, <laughs> it took a second. Yeah, it did. Um, it episode must, 80. That must have bounced off. And 1980 was unfortunately the demise of something uh, very near and dear to many of our listeners. I believe we discussed this a bit on the last one. Did we? Uh, the international briefly. scout yeah it's oh uh, i want a different direction but oh mind. okay yeah. yeah this too yeah. and uh i think the the people we need to talk to about this jeff and zade ismail ih Who parts america again? yeah ih parts america <laughs> let's see if we can get them on the line i like it i like it jeff Excuse and zade do we have you guys there yeah you sure do yes sir all right. Well, welcome back. We really appreciate you coming back on the show again. I guess we didn't give you too much PTSD from the last one. <laughs> or they're still in shell shock. Oh, well, maybe. Thanks yes. for having us again. Yeah, guys, um, you know, still loving what you're doing. Been watching some of your progress for your next UA build and all that. Uh, we don't have to make this a history-heavy episode, but uh, like I just mentioned uh, during our intro, 1980 was the last year for the uh, International Harvester Scout, and you know maybe you can fill in for us a little bit. Um, do you know why the Scout? Why why was there a demise of the Scout? Why did International decide to get out of uh, building passenger vehicles? There was a few reasons I want to say back then I, on this, and um, you know one was the economy. They the gas prices were skyrocketing at the time, so they weren't very favorable to buy the epa was coming down harder and harder on emissions and international was going to have to either retool for a new engine or use like the chrysler engine or somebody else's um and being being a smaller company you know smaller than even dodge and all that um that that's a lot of r&d dollars to try to keep up and spend to, to do all that and then they had a big strike too i want to say like in 79 that really hurt them as well and um just all of it added up together they and and other financial problems they were having due to other just bad mistakes at the time um they decided to try to sell off the scout line and they did actually have a buyer for it um, but unfortunately in the end it fell through and they shut down the line and the rest is history who were do you know who the buyer was were they trying to sell it to one of the big three or was it another outside no, foreign investor or something it, it was some i want to say it was some rich guy like out of texas and um if i recall correctly i, I wish there was a couple guys here they totally would be correcting me on this but if it, it was not it was actually some private guy i think that was part somewhat in related to the development they were having on the scout ssv prototype like like what you see at the uh, Auburn Duesenberg Museum in Indiana, um, but but that that's what was happening with that with with uh, that situation on, on it. Gotcha. 
Um, just real quick, uh, it sounds like we're getting a lot of like background noise. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like somebody's maybe moving some furniture or something. Is there any <laughs> way we can uh, just uh, don't know what that was there? If it's something that's uh, interacting here a little bit, but um, well, that must have been Dave. He uh, got a guilty look on his face. Oh, all right, that's <laughs> no problem. Thanks, man. You ruined the whole show. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, episode one. Welcome to Wheeling. Yeah, right. Episode one. Yeah, we're just gonna scratch the whole show now. <laughs> um, hey, uh, so you you mentioned the Scout SSV. Uh, was did that ever have a chance of actually getting off the, you know, getting into production, or was that just like basically a, an exercise in, um, you know, futility? There was it just a because they only built like three or four of them, didn't they? Yeah, they were. Well, I think a little bit more than that. They crushed more, a bunch of them. Um, but but they were pretty serious. I mean, they did a lot of development on it to to make sure that you know it was going to be safe and and hold up. And I I at one point had in my possession a book that like talked about it it was basically a book talking about the whole process and how they were going to build these things because it was a composite body and the book was was put together for the bean counters at i8 so that they could like you know and, and bean counter language to go this is why we want to do this it's best money savings this the technology you know xxx blah 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 and, and you know and they basically what it was was a body on, a, on like a you know 79 or 80 later uh chassis so it still had the 345 and a torque flight and all that, but it was just the body was, you know, all all redone on it. And I don't know, would that thing have taken off? No, it was not going to be their main vehicle. It was not going to be like the Scout 3. It was just something that they were working on, just to be clear. They were still going to have have like a Scout 3 or something different uh, in that regard. I, I wish I had that uh, Scout encyclopedia with my good friend John Glancy in front of me and Jim Allen because um, – that really, uh, that book, if you're a scout guy, that's the book you need to read and have in your possession. So when, when you are, when you got some guy on a podcast asking you these questions, you can refer to it and go, these are the exact reasons it's written right here in the book. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand that. You know, we'll put you on the hot seat. We're pretty good at doing that. We've even had guests before that, you know, oh, yeah. we've put on the hot seat different ways. And, um, so uh, 1980 for, for the scout, that was the last... Uh, passenger vehicle uh, that International offered was it not? They didn't continue. The travel all was already dead, and the truck line was already dead. The the passenger truck, I believe, weren't they? Correct. Yeah, the the pickups and travel alls were were killed off. I want to say like April of '75. But the '75 model year was the officially last year of the of the pickup and travel all. Um, even though in '70, a lot of people think that in '76 with the Terra and the Traveler that they, they brought those to light to compensate for the lack of the full-size market. They were already looking and, and building those things, you know, years before they even had any thought that they'd be shutting down the pickup and travel all line. It was just coincidence that they came on board the following year. Okay. Yeah. That, that would make sense. Do you think, uh, do you think international? I mean, obviously they've survived as a company, or at least they're international Navistar now. I don't really know how the corporate structure went with that. I don't know if there's been mergers or anything like that. But do you think international? I, I know that they have sold uh, trucks that are basically rebadged Chevys under the Kodiak line. But do you think they ever had? They have a, uh, and they still, of course, have their heavy trucks. 
But do you think they will ever get back into any sort of light passenger vehicle production, or is that just a, a dream long gone? You know, right now you never know. They were actually just taken over by Volkswagen, of all huh. things. VW um, has been wanting to get in a little bit deeper into the um, the truck market here in the States, and they, they own a few other brands, you know, aren't and uh, so they, they've just recently taken over IH and our international Navistar. So we don't know. You know, they, they could bring the Scout back, but it might just be like a VW Tourage or something that's rebadged or something like that. We we don't know. I mean, we can all guess and figure. There was one picture floating around the, the Internet there uh, not too long ago, right after this, this takeover happened. Um, you know, and you know, people are like, yeah, you know, they just somebody just threw a scout grill on on one on one, but and it looks cool, and everybody's like, yeah, I don't know, but it, it just they already know that it would already by then not be truly international since it would just be a rebatch vehicle. So if they do, I think that's how it happens. I think I think it's because of this merger, and they just end up rebadging something. So you're you're really hoping and excited and, and excited, hoping that they bring back uh, something like Chevrolet did with the Blazer, right? Yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. I mean, yeah, oh, we're in line to buy a new a new Bronco. It's the closest we'll ever get right now to a new Scout. Yeah, well, the Bronco the Bronco's cooler than the new Chevy Blazer by they far. They could hybridize this. We could have a four wheel drive Beetle come out of this. That'd be kind of cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you never know. Man. Well, Volkswagen's built the all-wheel drive stuff with the Touareg and the uh, and then the micro buses and things True. like that. They've True. been in the four-wheel drive world before. Yeah, um, but think a four-wheel drive Beetle. All right, all right. <laughs> That'd be neat. They have made those too, but they were yeah, low, it's pretty cool. It'd be, it'd be the shortest wheelbase four by four. You'd have to worry about going over anything like a thirty-one inch tire because it'd rub on the back one. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, guys. I. Um, uh, I've seen a little bit of progress on the social media. I've actually been off of social media myself quite a bit recently, but uh, I know that through there and what you mentioned last time you came on the show, you were working on your next UA rig, and how is that coming along? Yeah, slowly but surely. Still waiting for one last key component to come in, the, the front. The front. Dana 60 from Dana Spicer. Front Dana 60. We lost you there for just a quick second. So you said you, you got a 60 from Dana yep. Spicer coming in? Yep. Well, an ultimate Dana 60 that we've uh, been waiting on since um, mid-October mid I ordered Ooh. that thing. And um uh, keeps getting delayed. And um, Anyways, it, it should be here, I was told, by mid-February. Uh, I happened to be on the phone with Christian Hazel and, and had him do me a favor and make a reach out to Somebody he knows at Dana that that could actually get me an answer because the company I actually bought the axle through um, wasn't even able to tell me anymore like when I was going to have it. <laughs> so it's kind of hard like, to plan a build that, that there's a deadline. Like we know there's a deadline to have it done. I got to have it tested and all that and ready for this next UA. So uh, yeah, just just not knowing with COVID and everything and going man. So you know, do I do I need to abandon ship? build my own build an axle and drag something out and build it or keep waiting or go to another manufacturer but um hopefully we'll have that thing and then we can keep uh keep that part rolling uh i've got everything like chassis wise from the rear forward uh, all the way you know up, up aside from the front end and suspension pretty much ready to go did a lot of exhaust work this weekend so just uh you know i got the atlas transfer case in about the a week before, so that was nice having that. I was able to get a lot more done, cross members and stuff. So, 
It's going, it's going slowly. Um, this week I should be bringing home the body and, or at least some of the body and start piecing that together. Cause I got to figure out heights and all that since we're putting a, a fifties truck body on a scout chassis. That's going to be pretty cool though, man. I'm still looking forward to it. Uh, and seeing what you, have you, um, have you gotten confirmation that UA 21 is a go? So far it's a go. And do you know if they're going to be doing it in July, like they used to, or are they going to stick to the September schedule now? Actually, they're going to stick to September. I was actually shooting. I thought it was going to be in June because that's usually was the month that UA used to be in, uh, before Alaska, uh, last year or year before I should say. So yeah, now that they're, uh, I, I, they're gonna. They're starting to really like. Christian was saying he likes that that September month, and and so it's either gonna be, I don't know, the first couple weeks or or towards you know maybe the third week. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's kind of nice having it then. And and so far, like I said, I mean anything can happen. We've seen all sorts of screwy stuff in life happening these past couple months. So in this last year, so anything's possible. But as of right now. Supposedly, yeah, UA still on. Otherwise, I'd be building a rig for an imaginary ride right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you build it, and you'll still have some fun with it, you know. But what was the probably the phrase? Oh, one way or another, it, yeah. Was probably the phrase? If you build it, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, if I build it, they will have an adventure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is uh, is Zade Zade? Are you helping with uh, this build? Uh, have you been turning some wrenches on it? We'll have a chance. Cool. Uh, I'm finding some tasks. You finding some what? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll sign him some tasks or need some help. Oh. Uh, the, there's just been a lot of fab work where I actually do more staring at it than working on it, trying to figure out how I want to build it. But once, uh, yeah. yeah, and he did all the stripping on the frame. So he had the frame all stripped down for me. And so I've been working on that, but it, it's really been slow going because, like I said, the parts are trickling in. So there hasn't been a whole lot for him to do yet, but there will be. Very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, John usually does all our stripping in the studio. Not voluntarily. There's usually a lot of alcohol involved. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> we invest heavily in puke bags for customers. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Um, well, speaking of things that kind of turn your stomach a little bit, uh, you know, I, I've seen something that's been going on a little bit, and then you and I were talking about it as well. But uh, there seems to be a a growing trend uh, lately that uh, both you and I are a little bit disturbed by, and um, hey, apparently not, not just you two. Well, and John as well, <laughs> uh, of course. And it's it's it sounds uh, from what you were telling me pre-show here that it might be a little bit worse even in the scout world than we're seeing in some of the Jeep and Toyota worlds and things like that. Um, and that's kind of the growing trend of uh, misrepresentation of you know otherwise what are supposed to be uh, pristine type of vehicles. What are you seeing? Uh, you know, what kind of experiences are you seeing on the scout and international world with that? So unfortunately right now, there's a lot of flippers out there. Uh, the scouts since then, now that they're going for a good price, they're drawing a lot of attention. The flippers are, are finding them, just dragging them out of all sorts of barns and bushes and everything in between polishing them up and uh, doing what I call a Krylon rebuild, just spray painting over the rust and some other stuff and just making them look like they're a really good vehicle. And sometimes these guys mean well. They don't mean to screw anybody. They just they, they think they have a jewel. But in, in, when it comes down to it, 
um, a lot of these vehicles are still needing complete restorations and they don't meet the expectations of our customer when they're buying them online. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be on one of these auction sites. I won't mention names and there'll be a bitch and video of the vehicle. There'll be all sorts of awesome pictures of every angle of the scout. But when you're so enthralled with what you're looking at, you're not really paying attention to the details of all the wrongs and not the right. Plus you're not there to really see it. And on top of it, unless you, unless you, or there's maybe, maybe you do hire somebody to go look at it. Unless they really know scouts, they're still going to miss a lot of obvious signs. So, it, you know, these guys really, a lot of guys out there that they're, they're wanting to buy them. They're, they're awesome rigs. They're, they're seeing them for sale. They just need to do be a little bit more patient and, or again, Look for the local IH, the closest IH company that's out there that that could do uh, an inspection for them, and you know pay that money for the inspection because what what might cost an inspection for a thousand dollars? Say you know we've even offered to fly out ourselves. My general manager Darren's offered customers say hey pay me, buy me a plane ticket and a little bit of my time and I'll be happy to fly out and go look at a rig for you because because what cook might cost them a thousand to do that could save them thousands in the future. Um, you know, when they when they buy these rigs for top dollar on an auction site, bring it to us, we look it over, and we let them know that it, there's a lot wrong with it, uh, a lot more than what they than what they were anticipating to put it back on the road and, and meet what their daily driving needs and all that. That sounds, uh, you know, that's been obviously a problem in the antique car world for years. Uh, it's in the and actually, I would say that that problem was in the antique car world and muscle car world far before it was in the 4x4 world because uh, only in the last 10 years or so have we really started to see an interest in people treating old 4x4s with the same type of collectability as they would an antique car or a muscle car or a brass era car. They're starting to see value in these older 4x4s that, um, you know, no one was restoring or, or collecting uh, Jeep Wagoneers or Scouts <laughs> or early Broncos uh, to that yep, sort of yep. caliber 10 yeah. or 15 years ago. And now, uh, even just in the last few years, as you know, um, you know, not to say that, that scouts are lesser than anything else, but really this kind of started with the early Broncos. You know, that early Bronco yep. world got to the point where the early Broncos are just unobtainable for a decent price, and then it moved over into, okay, what's the next smaller soft-top vehicle? Of course, is the scout, and you're seeing the same woes that the early Bronco world saw four or five years ago as well. Um Oh, without a doubt. And, without a doubt. And that's just, uh, you know, it's really a shame that people are doing that on these auction sites and, and even just your local marketplaces and Craigslist. Um, and, and I've seen what you're talking about. Like you said, kind of the Krylon rebuilds where uh, people are getting under. Fortunately, um, and by all means, I'm not offering my services to, to really anyone here, but I do have friends that uh, I've associated with for a long time Um you know, around the country, and they'll occasionally find something they're looking to buy in the greater Detroit area. And I've gone out, you know, a couple times a year and looked at a rig or an old car or something like that for one of them. And uh, nine times out of 10, um, that's the case. Uh, what they think is going to be a smoking deal, beautiful car of a lifetime is just not what it's being represented as. That's and, such a bummer. Yeah. I think you're finding a good deal on something there. and just not. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, it's not that. Sometimes too, it's the mileage. Like somebody finds a quote a barn find that has low mileage. Look, every one of these vehicles, they're either worn out, rotten, or worn out and rotten. <laughs> and that's just the fact. I mean, they're they're like I said, either somebody's worn them out and boom, they're they're worn out to the point, and that's why they're parked in the barn or out in the blackberry bushes or whatever. Or you know, somebody something happened, something minor, and or they just parked it or someone passed away. And it's rotten, man. Every rubber component needs to be replaced. And, you know, I know an IH is a real susceptible to the cam bearings fault, you know, delaminating out of the out of the engine um, upon startup after so many years of sitting dormant. So, um, yeah, you know, like you said, it's easy to it's easy to get some come and hear something. And it sounds good, like you said, on video and all that. But, man, buyer beware, you know, and. and Spend the extra time and be patient. Like I said, and if there's a local scout company, there's there's a lot of us that are all over the country at this point. There's a lot of scout shops out there, guys specializing in these things now. You should be able to find somebody, hopefully within a couple hundred miles, that you know if you can pay them to, to go out there and, and research it. Like I said, it it could save you thousands of dollars potentially, especially if you're paying top dollar for something. Is this a service that you offer at IH Parts America? We do. I mean, if they can bring us the vehicle, we'll do it. But again we have offered it to other guys who were real serious about what they wanted to buy. And, and again, uh, my general manager, Darren, he's like, Hey, I'll, you know, on his own time, so you buy me a ticket and just pay me a little bit of my time. I'm not asking for much. I'll be happy to go fly out somewhere and go look at a vehicle just to, just to make sure that this guy, who you know, he wants to buy it. And then like, they bring it to us and do a bunch of work. And it's like, well, maybe, you know, looking at it online, it's very deceptive. You never know. So if you want us to go look at it, yeah, we, you know, so yeah, to answer your question is we have offered it before um and, and we have looked at some vehicles but i, I don't it, usually it's after the fact after they bought it they brought it to us for an inspection and then by then it's like well they already own it you know i'm sorry i gotta tell you about all the problems that we're, we're finding with it you know it's funny that we're we're talking about this right now um and i it's i had actually kind of written something out a period of my life that didn't even happen that long ago uh, in fact, I think it was just before UA, or maybe it was just after. I don't even remember now the time frame of this, but ironically, it was involving an international. Um, I uh, my mother owns a company where they have a fleet of different, um, you know, industrial trucks and things like that, and they were looking at an international. I don't remember what model, but a larger model, uh, you know, medium duty truck, uh, dual axle in the rear. Okay. They were looking at a truck out in New Jersey for sale that they thought was probably a decent deal. Um, but the guy over the phone, even when I talked to him, um, not that he sounded shady, but he sounded like he was unknowledgeable about the particular truck itself. He knew more about the equipment that was on the truck. But actually, when I started asking him questions about condition of various parts of the truck and getting some pictures from him... I said, man, the only way I'm going to be able to tell if this thing has any value to it is if I fly out and take a look at it. So I went out there for her, uh, flew out, and got into this thing and found out that the DT-466 diesel that was in it uh, had so much blow-by that if you pulled the oil cap off when it was running, you thought you were at the International Vaping Convention. <laughs> um, I mean, it was just white smoke right out of the uh, crankcase like you couldn't believe. And... Um, you know, tires were bald, lots of other little problems, rust holes under the rubber floor mats. 
and then I go to drive the truck and the clutch is disengaging or, or engaging at the very top of the pedal travel and slipping. And I'm like, man, there's no way I'm driving this from New Jersey to Michigan with a clutch that's already half blown out. Because can you imagine doing a clutch on one of those trucks on the side of the road somewhere in Ohio or, you know, whatever, it's just not going to happen. And so I actually called my mom and I says, I says, Hey, I said, this truck's not going to happen. I said, you know, I said, I offered the guy a significant, and it was a significant reduction. I said, this is what we can do. This is my safe zone on this truck. And he said, oh, no, I could never go that low. And I said, well, I'm I'm out of here then. And I think he kind of thought he had me over a barrel because he knew I had flown out. He'd pick me up at the airport and all that. I got a cab, went back to the airport and, uh, you know, got a ticket and flew back home. I says, you know, and ironically, we found another truck, uh, basically the same truck, a couple of years older. We found it about 30 miles away about a month later, and it worked out just perfect. But, nice. <laughs> you know, uh, there you go. But uh, probably saved money in the long run. Saved a lot of money in the long run because, like I told her, I says after looking at the truck, I said you're looking at twelve to fifteen thousand dollars in repairs just to put this truck into a, a into service on the road right away, and and you know nobody wants to get involved in that. At, you know, purchasing a used vehicle. Granted, it's a used vehicle, but at the same point, you have to buyer beware, and you have to you have to go in it with a cognizant you know look at it, and so. I would recommend, you know, somebody's on the West Coast, you're looking at a Scout or an old Travelall or you're looking at some sort of collectible IH vehicle, uh, get it out to uh, Jeff and Zaid here and let those guys check it out. Pay whatever their fee is for inspecting the vehicle because they, they know these vehicles. They're going to be able to, to check it out and make sure it's not a piece of junk, you know. Um, John, you sound look like you had something you wanted to say or ask. No, I was just to say I've dealt with that. Uh, previous place I worked at, we had a customer bought a vehicle, and yeah, it was great deal, and all the pictures, everything looked good, sounded good, it ran okay, and we get it in, and they had to put about four grand into it <laughs> just to make it safe for road yeah, use. And, and, and just you know, although you might hear or. A story on something, a good example of the motors he's working on right now. He'll tell you about where uh, he was um, told it was a rebuilt engine, and, and, well, he'll tell you the rest right now. I don't know if the public wants to know. <laughs> the public wants well, to know. What do you got going on with your uh, your international rebuild? So uh, 345 in my truck um, has some major cam bearing issues as we've talked about earlier with these engines so i decided in my best interest to start rebuilding an engine now before it blows up so i obtained a 392 that was rebuilt um you know i ran fine in the vehicle you know tore it out and pulled the spark plugs and they were full of oil so i was like whatever i'll just you know pull the valve covers off and you know, they were a little bit question, questionable underneath there, so I pulled the heads off, and the cylinders were all scored up, and um, underneath the head was all oily, and valve guides were loose, so I handed off over to the machine shop, and they told me the previous owner, whoever rebuilt it last, bored it crooked, decked it crooked, Ooh. so we ended up having to sleeve it on a few cylinders, bore it out to basically maximum back that the um, the book says the engine can safely go to and just basically chugging along because I started it so I have to finish it so it turned into basically a three or four thousand dollar rebuild from a thousand within a matter of a week is that block even worth saving like that or the 392 blocks like hard to find or something 
Well, it's they have to get to a certain point at the machine shop. You know, it already cost me you know six hundred, six six seven hundred bucks to get to that point. So they might as well just fix it. You uh, more power to you, man. Because I I I mean I would have just probably scrapped that at that point. But I don't know Hold how anchor. hard those are to find. You know and yeah. But to answer your question, yeah, the three ninety twos are definitely getting harder to find, and it's like, well, you know, just like they just said, you know, you already had some money in it. It's like you might as well just keep going and finish it because if you stop and then you got to start over on, you know, drag the next three ninety two block out, who knows? It, it could have, you know, its list of problems too that need to be addressed. So, you know, like I said, once you get once you get that that snowball rolling down the mountain, you might as well just let it finish yeah, off. Get out the way and done. let it ride. <laughs> I yeah, I know exactly yeah, what but... you're talking about because I did the same thing. Um, you know, it's not an international thing, but years ago I was building a uh, uh, not really a race full on race engine, but a, a pretty hot engine for a hot rod project I was doing, and um, I wanted to build just an old 350 Chevy. You know, you know belly button motor. I'm not interested in those very much anymore. But back then, you know, it was the hot ticket. Everybody wanted a 350 Chevy. Uh, local uh, guy that ran kind of a dump truck and marine business, uh, like an excavating and marine business here. One of my customers, I get talking to him one day, and he mentions that he's got, uh, I think it was half a dozen 350 Chevys sitting there under the lean-to on his barn. And I said, well, they're probably all just dead motors. And he said, well, actually, these four over here are just parts, but these two here were good running ones I pulled out of trucks that rusted out. And we made a deal on them all, real cheap, bought all six motors, dragged them back to my uh, my shop, uh, was going to do a full rebuild anyway, so uh, ripped apart motor number one that was supposed to be a good runner, only to find that it had been frozen and cracked uh, in one of the cylinders, and uh, the... Um, you know, and I, I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll sleeve it or something. So, well, no, I got five more here. And long story short, by the time I was done, I was able to get enough core parts to basically build one and a half motors Ooh. out of that pile of six engines. Um, but that included two or three of the blocks going to the shop and getting fully magnafluxed only to find several problems with them. So Bummer. it was... Uh, yeah, sometimes, though, you know, if I would have just stayed with that first one that had a cracked cylinder, I probably could have had it sleeved and would have been on the road about two months earlier, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. Like I said, you think you're making the right decision to try to save money and end up with the best outcome, and you end up just tripping over dollars to save cents. Yeah. yeah done that. <laughs> yeah, it would have been much better just to, to run that first block that only had one freeze crack in it and just, you know, but yeah, it's... Uh, you know, live and learn. Live and learn, live and learn. Live and learn, yeah. Uh, what else is going on with you guys with the business and stuff? Do you have any exciting products or anything you'd like to uh, announce with IH Parts America? I mean, you know, obviously, um, Whelan's a big fan of you guys, and uh, whenever we see people asking about stuff on Facebook or anything, uh, you know, resulting in or about internationals, we try to uh, tag you or you know, at least recommend you, you know, if you see any, what else you got going still on. anxiously awaiting the uh, bell housing adapters from, from Chad at quick draw to, uh, um, to be mounting like the AX 15 or NV 3550 behind the IH engine. Um, I've been in communication with him on that and, um, he's shown me pictures of the bell housing done. So he's just working on the flywheel now for the four cylinder guys. And, and boy, once that, once you get those couple parts, uh, you should be able to hand it off to me and I hopefully should be able to like wrap up 
the conversion uh, cross member and anything else that'll be needed to put like, like a kit together so someone else can can be able to finish it so like i said that's something i, I we talked about it last time and, and we're still working on that um we're still working on our power steering kit for the little four-cylinder scouts as well uh waiting to get the uh the uh, power steering pump kit in and the and the box adapter we've had some parts made there as well as like a single roll bar for the scout early scouts with the half cab um a lot of guys they a they want protection of a roll bar which you can put one on the outside as well but with the inside roll bar, what's nice is we're tying in a, a shoulder belt to make them a little bit safer, at least with the lap belt. You know, in the case of an accident, you got more than just a lap belt pulling you into the thing. You got a, a shoulder belt as well. So I'm um, just trying to make improvements there, safety and, and all that. Um, boy, what else are we working on this year that we hope to get done? Um, man, just, just more of the little parts, weather stripping-wise. Uh, we have a few things in the oven there, so to speak, being made that haven't been available for the scout twos. Um, so a couple little weather stripping parts being done. So that's what's going on just for January. We, we got a lot more going on here in, in the near future. Um, we hope to be investing in some more tooling, um, plastic table, a mill, a lathe, uh, to start bringing some of our manufacturing in-house, but also be, to be able to help us more quickly bring out more products too. Cool. Um, another one in, uh, like about a, roughly a 25 gallon fuel tank for the scout too. Um, fuel tanks are hard to come by on those. Not everybody's in love with the plastic replacement tanks that are the factory 19 gallon replacements. So we've come up with a 25 gallon one. That's not much lower. It doesn't sit much lower than the 19, but it's an extra six gallons and, and well, it's new and it's made out of metal. So That'll definitely be another part we hope to be coming out with by this summertime. I think John would Let's like that. He's Mr. Metal for everything. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, what was that, Zay? Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's just say we have a, tons of new products coming out. It's just a matter of time actually producing them and releasing them. Yeah, I know how that goes, uh, dealing with Chad and stuff. Uh, at Quick Draw, it, you know, you get – for every 10 ideas you come out with, you have the time to maybe come up with one or two of them. So, but you know, at least in your kind of case, you know, when you see guys that are passionate about an industry like this and you really enjoy what you're doing, that's what happens is you, you don't have enough time in the day to come out with everything you want to do. Um, you know, so listeners keep that in mind international. Yeah, I, wish I could sit here at my, at my home shop, which I call the R and D center and just be building stuff you know i mean that's i get the most pleasure out of it it's trying to come up with neat new things um you know instead of being in the office all day behind a computer screen so but yeah it is great coming up with new stuff that the industry definitely needs it the the ihs have definitely been overlooked for many many years so there's a lot of products we really um, could utilize out here in this industry Oh, for sure. You know, they're they're really a cool platform to build off of. And um, like I was saying a little earlier, I can see John probably would likes the idea of replacing a plastic tank with a metal tank. He's yes. a big he's a big metal yes. uh, <laughs> fan there. And yes, um, you know, uh, 
with the internationals uh, and, you know, these different swaps and stuff that you're doing, of course, with Chad and other things, uh, do you have uh, any other products? I know last time you were telling us about some of, like, the, the liftgate stuff that you're real proud of. Do you have anything right now that's in the works that you can kind of – well, you did, you mentioned the power steering and everything. Did the did the early scouts not come with power steering originally? Uh, no, all of them are manual steering. So we've already got a kit out there for the V8. Uh, early scouts and when i mean by early scouts that's the 61 to 71 body style so none of those ever came with power steering so we've got the v8 kit already out and we've been i we always start uh, that's one of the reasons why i own so many different ihs around here and then zade has his little collection because we all use them for r d we, we use these vehicles to come up with new products and then i, I drive them every day and make sure that there's no problems with the parts and conversions we come up with so the V8 kit's done. I've been driving that for a while. In fact, even the four-cylinder kit's done. I've had that on my little four-cylinder scout I call Hell on Wheels. Um, just, you know, one of the reasons why we want to bring manufacturing in-house because I I sent out our prototype to be reproduced over three months ago, and I've sent numerous emails, and I'm ready to drive down to our manufacturer and go, give me my parts back, man. I'm just going to make this myself. <laughs> so, that, you know, that's, that's what sucks when you're trying to come out with something and you know you're just you're in a waiting and holding pattern you know it's like oh the parts are made i got all the other stuff i just need these certain brackets manufactured of course we can make them in-house but then it's going to raise the cost of the kit so much to make these things piece by piece so that's why the need we want to bring in some manufacturing equipment so we can um you know make these things faster make them in-house be cheaper just because we're we're we've got better equipment so we can make them faster so Really looking forward, like I said, to gearing up this year. We're really hoping for another for a continuance of a strong economy and that we could, you know, go ahead and feel really good about investing a good chunk of money in that stuff. You know, it's a little bit of money that I want to get some good American-made products, not some overseas junk. You know, I've been there, done that, and already regretting some equipment we bought about less than five years ago that I won't mention names, but in the end, it it, it wasn't a USA-made product, and it shows. And so, anyways, you know, strong believer in, in American-made products. So Absolutely. that thus why it's not IH Parts China, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we, we, you know, we're proud of America. It's very obvious in our name and in our logo. And, yeah, anytime – I'm one of those people that it's like if there's something I need, I always ask and I always look for where's the USA-made product? Where is it? You know, and it's usually, occasionally it's the same price. Usually it's more money. And even sometimes it's a lot more money. Man, I'll tell you, when you end up buying it and you own it, you start using it, you know that that extra value was well worth it. And on top of it, man, you're, you're, you're feeding another fellow American that, that busted that product out. You know, you're not, your money's not going to some, some crazy communist country that doesn't care about you you know it just wants your dollars so anyways firm believer in made in usa and i hope everybody out there if they just kept buying products in here and keep keep bringing jobs back to our country 100 you know? anyways we're getting sidetracked here but. no dude dude I, i'm <laughs> happy like yeah we we don't get real political on this show but at the same point john and i have said the same thing before 
Um, Need you to know, bring it home. We, we we're obviously <laughs> we're Americans first, and uh, we do we highly uh, appreciate it when we see people like. You know, you wanting to do this, Chad at Quick Draw, building all his stuff in house, you know, not sending anything overseas. A lot of the other manufacturers yep. that were on UA. Um, this is good. This is, you know, people uh, representing um, the best of what America has to offer. Um, not that there's anything. We need this. Yeah, we need absolutely. It. You know, and, and, and I've told people before because I've gotten, you know, not through wheeling so much, but some of my other things in the world where. Um, I've been involved in things that, that foreigners uh, and people from other countries have heard my views. And they go, oh, well, you know, you're Mr. You know, Pro-America, this, this, and this. It's like, no, wait a minute. I'm pro whatever country you're living in. Yeah. You know, if you're Canadian, uh, you need to be supporting your Canadian economy. If you're, if you're in Japan, you support Absolutely. your Japanese economy. But, you know, we're American Absolutely. citizens here. We're going to support our economy. We're going to take care of ourselves. I mean, it doesn't Absolutely. mean we're not going to buy things from around the world. But, um, you know, totally. You well, know, a lot of times we have no choice. You know, exactly. We have no choice to buy those products. There's no, there is no counterpart here for an American-made or Canadian-made or anything. And we have to buy what we have to buy. But if I have a choice... Oh yeah, of course. I'm gonna. I am gonna buy the USA made product. You know, 99 out of 100 times, I find it all, not only just to be a better product overall, but but again, uh, you know, we're keeping our dollars within the within the the boundaries of our country. So and, and helping our fellow uh, Americans here side by side. I well, that it. that's that Absolutely whole hashtag that's used worldwide. Shop local. Hashtag yeah. shop local. I mean, people use yep. it all over the place. So that's yep. what you're doing. You know. Um, well, I tell you yeah. what, uh, guys, one thing we, we haven't talked about is I'm not sure if it was, I, I do want to say it came out after we talked to you on the podcast last time. Um, you guys are on the cover of four wheeler. Huh. Oh yeah. You are on yep. the cover of four wheeler, yeah. your, your rig on its side there. Um, so congratulations on the that cover awesome. shot. But uh, Thank you know, you. Um, obviously that's not how you wanted to be on the cover, <laughs> but um, still good advertising nonetheless. But hey, I got myself on the cover, right? <laughs> yeah. It counts. But but no, in all seriousness, hey, press is better uh, than no press. You know, as, as Christian put it, I, I really appreciate it. Was an awesome shot that Christian took at just the perfect angle, and um, yeah, I really I really appreciate uh, him and the four wheeler guys. Um, I know they get together and kind of decide who's whose picture goes on the cover. So uh, um, totally was stoked. And, and as they put it, it helped take the sting out of the role. And although the sting was has been long, you know, somewhat gone, it, it definitely took whatever, whatever was left away, you know, pretty cool to see, um, to see that. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast ends up airing. I, I imagine in a week or two, a couple of weeks, then, three weeks, probably, yeah, you'll probably know. So when you guys are listening to this, you'll probably have found out that the not not my scouts issue, but one more issue, and that is the last paper issue of Four Wheeler. But unfortunately, what? it's been cut. Just something I found out this week, just a couple days ago. It was one of the reasons why I reached out to Christian to find to go to find out for sure because I'm going, hey, I'm hearing some rumors that Four Wheeler's done. I'm going to the website to say. Uh, subscribe to Four Wheeler Magazine, and they're only giving me Motor Trend and and uh, Hot Rod to pick from. Oh. So you know that confirmed it. I heard it from some other magazine company that uh, that Four Wheeler was was being cut, and, and sure, sure shocked. Oh. Uh, 
just we're going to be getting one more issue in and then that's it that's that's the end of another era so what do they do i subscribe for like two years (laughs) do i get a refund i got like four years Dude, that's oh. when they killed Peterson, but they gave they added that onto my four wheeler, and now they're killing four wheeler. It's like those guys owe me like six years of magazine. So what are we gonna do? Are yeah, we are we gonna get like Oprah magazine instead or something? I guess we're gonna have no choice but to get what what they give us, right? Oh <laughs> that's man, that's a bummer. But that yeah, is... unfortunately, I'm sure you guys didn't know this, but it's something. So I figure, like, that by the time this podcast is out there and everyone's listening to it. You'll, they'll have known by then that yeah, the last issue of Four Wheelers uh, has happened, and unfortunately, it's that's it is what it is. So, oh, are, is that what, the issue I have with your scout on its side? Is that the last issue? No, it's the second to last. So, there's going to be one more issue coming out. I'm told. I just I just got the bill for it the other day for my ad, so I know that they're bringing out one more. Oh. But, but according to Christian, that the, the you know. He, like you said, he, he said it wasn't supposed to be brought out yet, but I figured with the podcast being a few weeks out, it, it'll be everyone will know by by then that, that yeah, unfortunately, four wheeler has been uh, been hung up. You know, it's just going to be it'll still be in existence online, of course. Hence, uh, Ultimate Adventures still be on, but um, but yeah, the paper magazine itself will be no longer. Oh man, that's a that's a that's not good news at all man so we'll, we'll have to do a goodbye episode to that eventually. What, what this sounds like is now we have him on our show we're gonna have one more episode after this and then we're done too no don't you be saying that john don't <laughs> no, you be no. saying he's a bad luck omen no pot podcast <laughs> the podcast world is uh is building greatly and that's why we've been in this you know but um what'll you be know, funny is years from now they're gonna actually go back to print from all the digital and electronic stuff it's to be some newfound thing that nobody knows what it is. It'll, it'll be retro. It'll be I retro. Know. Uh but you I know, can't wait. I uh so that picture on the cover of four wheeler. So you think Christian took that picture? Oh, I know Christian took that particular picture, yeah. Yeah. It says so actually too, also when you opened it up, uh the magazine on the inside of the cover, it, it talks about the um the picture on there. Well so, I, cool. I, I guess yeah, no, that was a great I think it might be his, but I will tell you this, Jeff, and I'm not pissed if it's this is what happened. He did ask me to email all the pictures that I had taken of that instant happening. And one of the uh-huh. pictures I have, I can't tell the difference between your cover shoot and the one that I've got. Well, maybe it was yours, buddy. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't care. I wouldn't. The magazine. He probably was sitting at the exact same spot, went over there and just took a picture or something, you know. Um, he, yeah. he, with a better yeah. quality camera than me taking it with a brick, you know, and, uh, sure. but, uh, that was, I looked at that and I'm looking at my other picture and I'm going, is that the, is that my picture they used? <laughs> like, so yeah, well, I know it's not my picture. I didn't have that particular angle on all my shots, but, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just know that, that the credit did go to Christian on that, but it's probably regardless, is. um, yeah, wait, wait, you know, and I know you had some great shots too, but. Yeah, like I said, really stoked to have seen it on there. It's definitely uh, one of my bucket list items to have to have gotten that far. You know, I didn't think I always wanted to get my vehicle in the magazine, but to get it on the cover, it's like, all right, That's hell yeah. Awesome. You know? Well, man, technically, you got it on the it, side. Uh, well, you know, on the side, on the lid, whatever. It's on the cover. Yes, it is. No need to it doesn't put your matter on which that, angle Keith. it's on the cover, but it's on the cover. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Awesome. Well, guys, you know, as always, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. We are kind of getting short on time here. But uh, before we let you go, 
Um, let's do one more plug here. IH Parts America, anything and everything international harvester, uh, you know, from the, the old scouts and travel alls and pickups all the way up to the, the bigger medium duties, things like that. You need to talk to these guys. They also have um, a huge, huge library of manuals and books available through binderbooks.com. Did I get that right, uh, guys? Yep. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, you sure did. Thanks for putting that in. And so uh, that's, as we talked uh, on the previous episode, if you guys liked listening to uh, Jeff and Zade here, you need to go back a couple episodes. John, do you remember what episode they were on last time, or do you guys happen to remember what 72. episode? 72. 72. Yeah. 72, man, because that was... That was the first year of the Scout 2, right? Oh, yeah. We got them right at the beginning and ending of the Scout uh, 2. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. So I forgot about that. So, yeah, we've got these guys on 72 and 80. Um, I'll probably post both episodes back-to-back because we sometimes do that when we have repeat guests. Um, but, yeah, international stuff, especially Scouts. Uh, these guys are, these guys are like, great in the industry, and they, they've got all the – the knowledge and uh, the experience to put your scout or whatever international you're working on in tip-top shape on the road. So um, anything, yeah, how can they get a hold of you? Crew. What are your phone numbers, websites, things like that? Yeah, so our, our main sales phone number is 530-274-1795, or they can reach us at ihpartsamerica.com. We have a Facebook page as well under the same name and Instagram. Um, and then again, our binder books website is binderbooks.com. Same phone number, the five, three, zero two, seven, four, 1795. It'll reach either, either side. My, my wife runs the binder book site. So, uh, so yeah, any, any questions you guys have, you know, about your IH, you know, like I said, our, our big thing is light duty, the, uh, scouts and pickups and travel alls. Um, we're not so strong on information on medium and heavy duty, but we're learning every day, but our, our library and binder books covers it all the way down to actual corn binders and, and, and anything else that you can think of. Cool. We, we've definitely got an owner's or repair manual for it. If it's got the international harvester name on it. Do you have the manual for the fridge from friends? I'll bet you I do. I'll bet awesome. you I do. <laughs> I may even have the, I may even have the sales brochure. Too. that would be cool that would be awesome john's yeah. determined to find one for the museum someday not for the museum i'm keeping that oh man <laughs> i'm fine i'm keeping it road, road trip out here buddy we'll we'll send you home with one i've got ih fridges and freezers and and all of that I've, I've got at least five or six right now between fridges and freezers really? so yeah i yeah, got next weekend though three items. days off Hmm. Oh. Come on out! I got a stand-up freezer. I'll donate to you if it's going in the museum. Especially, it'll definitely keep your beverages ice cold. I like this. That'd be that'd be really cool. I've literally been using the same International Harvester fridge to keep my my beer and sodas cold since I would say '96 or '7. That is um, awesome. Same fridge. The only thing I've ever done to it in all them years is I put a new door seal on it once. That is and, awesome. Uh, that's it. Yeah, it works great. I mean, it literally will freeze your beer um, if you if you give it the chance. But otherwise, it's it's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it just works good and never quits. I like you know, those this. things. They made such reliable equipment. Very like very this. cool. <laughs> well, guys, we're gonna let you go. But uh, thank you so much yeah, again really for appreciate coming your time, on, both of you. Thank you. And yep. uh, always yep. a pleasure. Thanks and for having us. we'll get you on. I get uh, probably in a future episode yet again. Sounds great, man. We appreciate you. Just let us know. All right, Jeff, say you guys have have a good day. 
Bye. So what are you doing next weekend? I think we need to make a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> I want a fridge. <laughs> Tell you what. Sounds like he's got them. Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, no, it's always a pleasure to talk to those guys. And uh, I, they, they gave that little bit of bad news, though. Not a little. It, the four-wheeler a, thing. It kills yeah. me, man. Yeah. I don't like this. No, it's I don't uh, like this. It's definitely a little rough, but yeah. uh, we'll get there. You know, it's uh, everybody's going online only, and we're losing the paper. Uh, I'll never do it. I won't do it. I will never commit to it. One hundred percent. Nope. <laughs> well, you know, we'll have to do a whole episode about the uh, four wheeler, and we should do an episode in paper. There you go. <laughs> Release a podcast in paper. Yeah, we're gonna have to get a some you know subscriber list from everybody. I was gonna just make a bad joke and say we just make a file of it. They have to download it mm-hmm. and read it. They can't listen to it. They can't record it. You know, have the computer playback in audio. They have to actually read it, but they wouldn't do it. Oh my god. <laughs> so John, if people want to hear more from us, uh where should they hear more from us? Well, check us out on Facebook. Search for the group 4x4Talk, 4x4Talk, T-A-L-K. I hope they know that. <laughs> uh, a couple quick questions to get you on the page. Interact with us. Post pictures of your builds. Ask questions about things you got going on. You know, this part versus this part. You know, why do I want a manual over an automatic? However you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Get on there, ask away, and uh, we or anybody else who follows the page can chime in, give you answers and opinions. Uh, we do also have some extra content available, patreon.com slash radio. Access as low as $2 a month, gets you a bunch of cool after shows, uh, our end of the trail. Uh, a lot of cool episode stuff that's not exactly PG-13, high ranking a little bit over above that. A uh, little content we don't always get to cover in the show. And, uh, yeah, some cool stuff. Yeah, and that, if people are interested in hearing more about the Museum of Off-Road Adventure, you can go to um, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We're the Museum of Off-Road Adventure on all of those platforms. And you can go to 4x4Museum for the Facebook group, ask to join that, um, and see some old history stuff. Once again, I would like to thank um, Jeff and Zaid Ismail from IH Parts America for coming on to the show. And seriously, folks, these guys are the international guys. Every time we talk international with them, it just becomes more and more obvious. International but domestic. True, exactly. <laughs> it becomes more and more obvious how knowledgeable they are about these old binders. And you absolutely need to talk to them um, sure. if you're into those. So with that, John. Yeah. Thanks for listening and have a good one, everybody. 